because of the social unrest that erupted last summer, the contentious elections in the United States in the fall, and the fear and the uncertainties created by this corona pandemic and various strains and the, and the governmental responses to which we are arguably living in the midst of most tense, caustic and polarized environment we have ever witnessed. And while, oh Lord, there are many lessons we can learn from these crises, perhaps the most important one is for Christians. Christians by way of television and radio and YouTube, Facebook and all forms of means of communication. It's a lesson in what not Christ's love for sinners. A love that always 
you're putting your attention from where it should be. Not, not that those are bad things, but they have their place. God has his place too. His place should always be first and foremost. Whenever you decide to say or do something, you say, is this what God wants me to do right now? In that way, I mean God takes part in God comes first. And he wanted to give us the rest from negativity, all those negative emotions and stuff. When you have Christ, you may still feel bad, still may be sad you lost a loved one, or someone sold your car, whatever it is. I'm just making stuff up here. You know what? When you have Jesus to lean on and talk to, you know he's right there by your side, it's a lot easier to deal with. Whenever I, I have an issue in my life, do I always do? I just, I know Jesus right here. So I at least metaphorically, I can't do it physically, but lean on him. Because I know he is the rest. Not that I'm, I don't deserve it, but he, he sacrificed for it. He paid the price. He did it. My next person I want to go to is June 22 from last week. It's only five words. Have mercy on those who don't. I thought, wow, that's pretty simple. Don't. Who, who don't God? I noticed there are two main types of people that don't God. Those are seeking to find him, but they don't know he's there because he hasn't shown himself to them yet. And then there are people that see our religion, our worship of Jesus Christ, our belief in God as repugnant and a waste of time. It's not our job as Christians. Fearful. What type of faith is there yet? We, we don't have to deal with that. It's not our job as Christians to figure out which type of unbeliever they are. But June 22 gives us encouragement. It says, show compassion and mercy on those who are not in our family through Christ. It's our, our job to convince others, especially unbelievers, of the worthiness of Christ through our words and actions. We must show mercy and love to the unbeliever and show them only mercy and compassion. We should treat everyone, whether they believe or not, as if they could be next to an eternity bound in Jesus. Because what you say and what you do might just swell that down. They're looking at you as an example, whether you like it or not, or whether you know it or not. When you say or do something to others, they're going to be like, wonder what's it more visual? It should be clear. If you call yourself a Christian, what the motivational it is. You may have the influence unknowingly they can join you in heaven. We don't know, which is all the more reason to do it. 
show praise eagerly. We should literally be like, oh, I know what to say, I know what to do, I know that often is the case. But we should always be willing and eagerly showing Christ to others who always say We should show it in loneliness and meekness, with patience, forbearing, and with love. That's from Ephesians 42. Thank you very much. Have a blessed day.
life and the way. They are blind to it, so they believe only what they are able to see. Able to see. As believers, we have to understand this state of being. Otherwise, we too will become so free in spirit that our testimony, our testimony is rendered useless. We see the, the truth through the lens provided by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And that makes it difficult to understand how so many people, how so many people can accept these hypocritical, hypocritical declarations and daily, daily contradictions that are espoused from our so-called experts and our leaders. However, much of the confusion that comes from these officials and the official spokespersons regarding the, the issues of today, such as COVID-19, could be intentional to drive an agenda. It is known practice to use confusion. Confusion as a way to control others through information overload. We've always been a historian and studied the various revolutions throughout societies, countries, and lands for years. Information overload, distraction, contradiction, without any pause for someone to uh, regroup. That's a psychological principle. And this technique moves a person to a person or groups of people to a place of uncertainty. Uncertainty whereby they begin to question their own beliefs. Where Jesus even said, among the very chosen, that they become the chosen chosen. Will I find faith among those who claim to be followers of me? Question their own belief, which induces a level of stress, stress on the mind that results in a and a surrender, they surrender to um, the Bible, they surrender to common logic. People will eventually let go of reason just to find a way to escape distresses that, that have overworked their entire being. Let's, let's for example, comes to my mind, let's just use this example, let's use the statements of leading experts on the current pandemic that, that's gripping, gripping the world. Dr. Anthony Fauci, or Fauci has, has been the, the go-to person and source for information regarding the pandemic for um, much of the last year. But his message, messages have at times seen Leading many to wonder what is right and what is wrong. I followed these experts and I, I documented and I reported. And he mentioned there's no reason to be walking around with a mask. Said Dr. Paul Sierra Fauci in an article 
from the National National Review of March. I have it it's March 2020. Dr. Fauci, Fauci shared a similar message that same month when he was interviewed by a program that I watch quite regularly, 60 Minutes, and, and he says, right now, right now in the United States, people should not, should not be walking around with masks. There's no, no reason to be walking around with a mask. And he continued by saying, when you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better and it might even block a droplet, but it's not providing the, per the perfect protection that people think, think that it is. Now you fast forward to early summer of, of 2020 and Dr. Fauci, or Fauci was, was sharing a different perspective entirely when interviewed by ABC News. Since I have been on the airwaves and I've been on radio and I've been on TV begging people to wear masks and I have been talking in the context of wear a mask. Keep physical distance, avoid crowds, wash your hands, and do things more outdoors than indoors. And then in January and February of 2021, Dr. Paul Sears Fauci spoke in support of double, double masks, and she was now serving as Biden's chief medical advisor. He says you put on another layer on, it just makes common sense that it's likely it would be more effective. And that's the reason why you see people either double masking or doing a version of the, uh, the N95s, the N95s. And a lot of people are putting on two masks, and I've done that myself, he says, and the reason is you can have common sense and say it's physical barrier, maybe I feel more comfortable false here, false continues. And the reason why the CDC hasn't changed the recommendation is that they don't have scientific evidence to say that two are better than one. But if a person wants to put on two masks, I see no reason to tell them not to. Yet at the same time, while speaking on NBC's Meet the Press, Dr. Michael Osterton, which you should all be familiar with from Minnesota here, Dr. Michael Osterton, also COVID-19 advisor to Biden, said that if you add, if you add another mask, you may actually make it tougher for the air to move through the two-cloth area. And then at that point, it causes more air to actually leak around the side, which actually enhances your ability to get infected. So which is it? Which is it? No mask, one mask, two masks. Think about that for a minute. These are not people. These are not people that have just graduated from medical school. In fact, Dr. Fauci or Fauci is an 
American physicians, scientists, friends, and some of the folks I know. He's an immunologist and seems to act as the director of the U.S. National Institute of Technology and Infectious Diseases with more than 35 years of direct experience. One would expect a person with this pedigree to um, possess a consistent foundational approach to basic precautions such as when or where a person and it's necessary that in just a few months time their guidance varies from one extreme to another from one mass one mass to double mass what are we you know I, I use this example to highlight
and you realize the pressure that's on. Human nature, human nature has proven that most people do not want to be excluded or, or left out, thereby playing into the hands of those that pull the strings and sow the seeds of discontent to stand your ground and say, I'm not yet willing to take a vaccine that has not been, been thoroughly tested, is to subject yourself to ridicule or worship. Recently, Johnson and Johnson's single dose vaccine has been paused, been paused due to some recipients reporting blood clots. Dr. Lake, myself, we have a mechanical heart. You're on a blunt thinner microbial. You're not running a fan. You can probably pick it up that mechanical valve in my heart. You're always aware of the fact of blood clots. I've had many of my funerals recently due to the death of blood clots. Due to some recipients reporting blood clots, which the World Health Organization has now admitted are suspiciously similar to the same dangerous blood clots following doses of the Moderna, Moderna vaccine. And to refuse these vaccines until more data can be attained is, is reason to be singled out and mocked. We are now in a very dangerous, dangerous world made even more treacherous by the fact that we are no longer allowed, it seems like, no longer allowed to disagree. Right, right has been declared by one side. And disagree is, is a tremendous, unforgivable act, crossed the line, drawn by those who have deemed themselves above reproach. And you will find yourself canceled, canceled out, just canceled. Or you'll find yourself out of work or, or removed from public discourse or personal, personal non-drop. Second Peter chapter 3, 3 reminds us that above all, above all, be, be aware of this, that scoffers, scoffers will come in the last day scoffing and and following their own evil desires. And the path, the path the believer is very clear. Jesus told us that in the last days these things would occur, but we are not to be troubled. We're not to be surprised. As he said in Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 through 8, you will hear wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise up against nation and, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are just the beginning, the beginning of a birth, the birth pains. Now it's very, very important to note that Jesus referred to these times as the beginning of birth pains. Once I can't speak from experience, but once labor is begun, the birth pains come at recurring intervals, closer 
has launched a campaign of aggression towards Taiwan, coming at an ever, ever, ever increasing pace. Then we're reminded of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 18. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but our struggle is against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil, against spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take off, off the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything. To take your stand, to stand, therefore, with truth, like a belt, <coughs> excuse me, around your waist, righteousness, like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel, gospel that in every, every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every power and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Ephesians 6, 13 to 18. The battle, battle line is drawn. Take up the full armor of God and stand. Take your stand on the side of the truth. Prepare to share the gospel of peace. But don't wait. Don't wait until you're called out to decide. You are a believer in Jesus Christ. The time is now if you have never taken that step of faith. That step of faith by asking Jesus into your heart. Surrender me. Take Jesus as Lord. Your opportunity is now. Please don't put it off. <clears throat> Father in heaven, with every head bowed, eyes closed, those by way of television and radio, YouTube, Facebook. We are called not to let ourselves be distracted. We are called not to be discouraged. We are called to be focused on Jesus. For he is the bright shining light in this lost world. Remembering that our fight is not against our neighbors or our communities. Flesh and blood with those that disagree with our beliefs. Our enemy would like nothing more than to invoke within us an anger at individuals or groups that call us out and mock our faith. If we give in to that desire, if we respond with anger, do we not become like those that call us out? They do not know the truth because they have a worldview rather than a biblical view. They, they have not accepted the truth. We must remain patient and live our life according to Scripture. We have to share the love of Christ with those around us. We don't, we will. We have to instill within us that the Word of God, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 9, where God says, Dear friends, don't overlook this one fact that with the Lord.
not one in any parish, but all the time. We pray for those that are doing us this evening bless. Help us to ask that question, what do we really believe? And that belief is really demonstrated in, in how we act. Our, our attitude determines our aptitude, which determines our altitude. What do we believe? Their head bowed, eyes closed. Would you repeat these words with me? Dear Jesus, I thank you, O Lord, that I am a sinner, saved by your grace. Come into my heart and life. Help me to live for you, because you died for me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Yes, just prepare to come forward this morning for your love offering to the cause of Christ in our church here. We appreciate your, your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and those who give. Let us turn in our bulletins to our offertory prayer and pray this prayer with you. Almighty giver of all good gifts, grow in us the wisdom to know that all we have here is in our hands only because you have given to us first. Remind us that you have called us in Christ to be gentle, patient, and loving, and at one with your children everywhere. May the gifts we have been given and the gifts we share reflect the debt of our gratitude for your many blessings. We pray this in the holy name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. As the offering is taken up, you turn with me to lead on the King Eternal. Red hymnals number 457. 457. Lead on.